Welcome back to The Sixth Seat, an Observer podcast that highlights different students from the Tri-Campus community. My name is Juliana Conley. I'm Bridget Kelly. I'm Kira Murphy. And today we are super excited to have on our guest, Teresa. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, that'd be awesome. Hi guys, my name is Teresa. Um, I'm a senior at Notre Dame, class of 2021. I um, major in American Studies and English. Um, what else? I used to live in Baden Hall when I lived on campus. Now I live off campus and I'm from Georgia, Lawrenceville, Georgia, which is like 30 minutes from Atlanta. Yeah. Nice. So you mentioned you're an American studies major as am I. So big shout out <laughs> to American studies. And I also heard that you recently turned in your senior thesis for AMPS. Yes. So tell us about kind of how you well, first of all, how it feels to have it turned in, how you decide to write a thesis, maybe a little about what you what you did it about. Yeah, um, so I should say right off the bat right now, it feels so good to be done with my <laughs> thesis. Even though I know by the end I got a little bit sloppy, I um, am really happy that it's behind me because I think it like, it proved to me that I have like the capacity to think and be a scholar and to like sit and think about something for a long time. Um, I've never written something so long in my life. And so I was like, wow, if I wanted, I could write a book. Like, this is like a mini book. Um, so yeah, my, my um, thesis, thesis is in American studies. And a year ago, about when I was a junior, I decided I wanted to do a thesis. Um, I wasn't sure about what yet, but I knew I wanted it to do with like celebrity culture and mm -hmm. popular culture. Mm -hmm. um, and my topic changed a lot over the summer before senior year, but eventually at the beginning of senior year, I was like, okay, I'm going to write about um, this economic ideology, neoliberalism, um, which I can like explain more after if like, I don't know. It's not, it's not a super common word, but I talk about this economic ideology and how it shows itself in the like American popular music sphere. Um, and so my uh, thesis is called how to be a neoliberal superstar um, and it is like a kind of satirical, but like a research thesis that's saying like, this, these are the steps that you need to follow to become like a Nicki Minaj, a Beyonce, a Michael Jackson. Um, and so it's like how to exploit this neoliberal uh, society that we live in, in order to become a superstar and stay at the top and make sure that everyone else is at the bottom. Um, and you know, it's not like the great, um, the, you know, the next great American novel or anything like, it's certainly not that, but it is like, um, I'm, I'm pretty proud of where, where I was able to get it, um, especially this year doing a thesis. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite neoliberal superstar? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, in my thesis, I only do like kind of case studies on three um, people, mm -hmm. Nicki Minaj, uh, Beyonce, uh, Knowles Carter, and Michael Jackson. Um, I would say of the three, I think that, hmm, I think that Beyonce is the, the smartest, like the best neoliberal superstar, at least like I like, I was critically, critically analyzing her lyrics and stuff. And I was like, she's a genius. But I will say, I think Nicki Minaj is my favorite because she is so blatantly like, careless like she's like I'm at the top and everyone else here is trash like she she doesn't even try to appeal to like the viewer like her listeners emotions and they still worship her and I'm like 
that is power that you can call all of us broke and we're just like yes Nikki you're right we are broke um so I think she's my favorite yeah that's so fun uh, <laughs> how long did it take you to write your thesis so um I'll say I like actually really started writing in like maybe late August early September but a lot of the writing process before you even like sit in front of a document is reading and so um then I could say like okay like it's been a year since um but I think it's been however much time since August is what is that nine months yeah my thesis is my baby if that is nine months um but yeah it took a while and uh for me personally um maybe maybe you guys can relate to this like I'm the kind of person who like doesn't even want to write anything down unless I know it's going to be the right thing mm -hmm. like like I'm I'm not used to writing drafts even for papers I'll just like write and then like as I'm working tweak things instead of like having a bad draft moving it to the side and like trying again like, I can't do that because I'm like well why did I just type three pages and I'm not even going to use it. Um, and so it took a long time for me to actually sit down and let myself write and let it be bad. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that. I think that was like one of the biggest challenges because I don't, I don't want to let write and know that it's going to be bad. I want to write and like have mm -hmm. it be good and be proud of it all of the time. Um, but yeah, it took a while for me to get there. And Teresa, I know you mentioned you have interest in creative writing and poetry as well. So how did this this topic of your thesis compared to that creative writing process where it can be a little more um, forgiving in that way if you make a mistake. Um, so would you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so yeah, I'm really into creative writing, uh, honestly, specifically poetry, but also like creative nonfiction, which is, you know, like, you know, observer columns for the viewpoint or like, um, what like reviews, like articles, things like that. Things where you can be a bit more creative with your style, but like it's about, you know, it's, it's nonfiction um, or like memoirs and things like that. And so um, writing a research thesis was a bit daunting for me at first because I'm not inclined to speak in like this like higher academic language. Um, like I can speak objectively, but I like colloquialisms and like, like, like these, I don't know, analogies and, and things like that. I think that they make a thing what it is. And so I had to give myself permission um, and like talk with my advisors and be like, can I be a bit more chill with this? <laughs> and yeah. it's still pretty like, you know, academic in its language, yeah. but um, it's, it's interesting to see how I was able to like um, mesh the two worlds where I'm like, letting myself be creative with these descriptions of like Michael Jackson's clothing mm -hmm. um, and like uh, Beyonce performing on stage pregnant um, with like, I don't know, twins or whatever, um, but still also like remain objective and like not insert my opinion. Um, I think that like, it was a fun experiment. And I, I think that's the kind of writing that I like to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not great, not yet. I don't think I'm very great at like, fiction writing and so I think this was like the thesis was a cool opportunity for me to like you know write about stuff that I've researched about and take myself seriously but also like not lose my own voice um 
which is like so crazy. Like once, once you guys are seniors, which maybe one, some of you guys are seniors. I don't know. Are any of you guys seniors? No, no, no. we're both juniors. So we're almost there. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Maybe like once you guys are like closer to the end of senior year, you'll realize that like, you can kind of just like anything you do is really legitimate. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, like you can, you can write about something you care about in your own voice and it's still legit because you're a scholar and like that's just your voice um and so um it was cool for me to just be like I don't have to ask for her for permission to like write my thesis as like a guidebook on how to become a superstar um instead of just like three chapters of like these analyses um yeah interesting discoveries no I totally really I have written for the viewpoint section before too so I definitely feel you about the creative non-fiction aspects i've actually read some of your pieces you've written for the show some skin column no no they were good i like them i send them off i feel perceived (laughs) uh but i was gonna say no you've written some really vulnerable essays for the observer and then i saw i think on like the strike magazine instagram did you write a poem to about body image were you ever nervous to share about more personal personal vulnerable topics or was that something that was never an issue for you um I think I I don't I don't think I'm ever really nervous to like Mm -hmm. write about it because during the writing process I'm like this is I'm only writing this for me it's just for me no one else is going to read it and that's how I try to approach my writing is like if you're writing something that like you would maybe cringe or feel embarrassed if someone else read it, you're probably writing something really good or really bad, <laughs> but you're probably writing something really good. <laughs> um, and so, you know, keep going. Um, I think that there is a level of like fear I get when people approach me after they've read something mm-hmm. that I wrote and they're like, you know, Teresa, like I thought this was really like relatable or compelling or thank you for sharing this like it's really really touching for me but then that that's when I start to feel like hyper visible and I'm like oh my gosh like because behind my like um laptop it feels like I'm not really writing for anyone no one's gonna read this you know and then when people show up I'm like ah ah yeah that was me um but like in terms of like the content um I think honestly being a part of show some skin has made me like more open been or transparent with like my ideas and my beliefs and my feelings um and yeah I don't know I, I think it, it like over the course of like my four years here I've just become a more like vulnerable transparent person on Maine um and <laughs> like people have just had to cope with it and I like though I, I don't know I like that about myself a lot of times when I'm writing something like an observer viewpoint column, it feels like really vulnerable, but then I realize that like a lot of people are often feeling the same way about mm-hmm. one thing or another. So I could be like giving them, like empowering them to also like, you know, engage yeah. in a conversation about something. Um, and at the end of the day, like, I don't know. Any, any kind of ne- negative criticism I can get on my own truth is just like. True. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I really appreciate you for reading this, yeah. um, but it's still my truth. 
And so I feel a little bit like a little, little too empowered when I'm writing my view of my college. <laughs> Um, yeah. There's no such thing. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like from what you're saying, like you've so clearly taken that energy and kind of that frame of mind into show some skin. And so when the podcast comes out, the viewing of show some skin, the in-person viewing will have just happened. So we would love to hear about, first of all, for some of our listeners might not know what show some skin is. So if you'd be able to just describe it a little bit and then talk about how you became involved and what it's looking like this year. Yeah, before I do that, I wanna say Bridget, oh, I'm so proud of you because I know Bridget is in Show Some Skin this year um, and she has a wonderful performance um, and it's really just cool hearing you talk about it. But yeah, I'll, I'll explain what Show Some Skin is and then talk more about the process. Um, so Show Some Skin is a, or an on-campus student-led initiative geared toward uplifting stories of identity and difference on campus. So um, every fall, uh, Show Some Skin solicits anonymous stories from students, faculty, staff, greater South Bend uh, community members, and anyone who has a relationship, honestly, with like this area um, in this land. Um, and we solicit these anonymous stories, truths, monologues, um, and people are very transparent with us because of the anonymity um, aspect. And then in the spring, we have auditions um, where students can audition to be actors and perform some of the pieces that we've um, selected to be a part of the show. And of course, like the pieces are anonymous from start to finish, unless a writer of a piece should disclose that it's their piece which is always just up to them. Like even I don't get to know who wrote what, I don't even get an email or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and actors kind of go through this like radical empathy boot camp type situation. Like they're just practicing, like um, understanding someone else's truth and story and, and doing it justice and performing it, not in like a theatery, putting a mask on kind of way, but in a documentary style kind of way where they're um, voicing um, stories that uh, someone else may not have felt comfortable voicing um, themselves. And we get really, really like compelling stories every year. Um, and I'm really excited this year um, for when uh, the official video of the show is released. Um, I don't remember the other parts of the question you asked, but yeah. that, that's what it is. That was all, that was a, yeah, such a great description of, of what it is. So we were hoping to hear about how you first got involved with Joseph Skin because I know you've mentioned that you, I think, were started out being in the cast as a freshman and then this year you were the director. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of your experience being an actor and then how you ended up transitioning um, to more leadership and what it was like directing the show, which is such a big responsibility, but you did an absolutely incredible job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Bridget. Um, yeah, uh, freshman year, um, I was in Show Some Skin 2018. The theme was called Try Us. Um, and I auditioned without even really knowing what Show Some Skin was totally. Um, someone just, someone who I knew through theater ran up to me and said, you should audition for Show Some Skin. It sounds, it sounds like something that you would be interested in. And I thought it was just some acting gig. And so I was like, cool, awesome, because I like theater. Um, and it was more than that. Um, or totally different, I should say. Um, so I got to be part of the show and that was an awesome opportunity. Uh, my freshman year, I was very meek, timid, shy. I think I was maybe like easily 
the most forgettable person in the cast like and not in like a bad way but I was just like you know you know was I present was I absent I don't know I wasn't making a sound either way I was so small um and quiet and I um just some skin kind of like brought me out of my bubble and it gave me a place on this campus where I felt like I was just like not hyper visible and not invisible like I was just me and like people just wanted to talk with me and get to know me and I wanted to get to know them and I felt like I could bring my full self to any space um because outside of show some skin I definitely felt incredibly out of place um at the university um and so I got to be an actor and it was an awesome experience like the kind of thing that like when it was over I wanted to like cry I was like I don't know what else I'm going to do after this um and so I knew the next year I wanted to stay involved um and so I pestered the director the next year and I said can I be an acting coach and I got to do that and work with new actors um, because you can only be interested in skin once in your college mm -hmm. career, um, which is, you know, to get as many people as possible involved in the process. Um, so I got to be an acting coach. That was awesome. I definitely did way too much. I thought, yeah, but <laughs> it was enough for someone to reach out to me and be like, hey, do you want to be assistant director next year? And like be on track to be director. And I was like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> um, but that was really empowering for me because I was like, me, me, the girl in the cast who like no one remembered, the girl who was really quiet and like, yeah. I don't know, like anyway, um, that was really empowering. And I of course said yes, because like I'm really inspired by um, Show Some Skin's mission and just like what it means to me. And I want as many people as possible to have um, an opportunity for it to mean a lot to them as well. Um, so I got to be assistant director and last year's show was really weird because it was going to be an onstage show and then it quickly had to be revised into a zoom performance mm -hmm. um or not zoom performance but like a, a pre-recorded performance and being the director this year was very very hard but high reward the highest mm -hmm. reward like yeah easily the highest reward of all time um doing everything felt so new um it's the 10th year this year of Just Some Skin, but it felt like it was the first year because there, like, there was no precedent anymore. Everything was different, um, but yeah, high reward. Like the actors are awesome, um, especially Bridget. Um, and uh, yeah, the stories are amazing. Um, yeah, and I, I just hope that it continues to like, the, that the, um, you know, the initiative and the production continues to mean a lot to like other students as well because I think that it shaped me into like a leader and like a more I don't know myself I don't know so I I, I love it sorry I could talk forever about it oh my gosh no yeah I I mean this is my first time being involved but I was able to go to the show in person my freshman year um and it was it was like nothing I'd ever seen nothing I'd ever experienced on Notre Dame's campus or anywhere and kind of knew that it's something that I, I like couldn't leave Notre Dame without being involved in. Um, it like really is so, so empowering and you gain so much empathy and so many, so many skills kind of in ways that you wouldn't expect. So I, yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing your little journey with the show <laughs> with us. Yeah, thank you for asking. Do you want to stay involved with theater after graduation or I mean, you seem to have a lot of creative pursuits, whether it's writing or theater or American studies. I don't know. 
Um, yes to everything. Yes to everything. It's really unclear to me, like, what I want to do, like, in the grand scheme. And I've never really been the kind of person who has had a grand scheme plan or has ever cared really to have one. Um, I'm going to be teaching next year um, English for a bit. Um, that's exciting. But I would like to continue to, I mean, like whatever I do, I know I'm going to keep writing. Um, I don't think I know how to stop. <laughs> um, so I'm going to keep writing, even if it's just for myself. Um, in terms of theater, I kind of feel like I've retired um, because I used to be involved with like a bunch of, F like I used to be in like a bunch of FTT shows every year. Um, and and like other theater clubs and things like that. And this year I kind of retired from auditioning because like the pandemic and senior year is hard. And I was just like, you know, I don't want to be on stage anymore. I just want to focus on myself. But now I'm like, hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes I look at like these videos of people on stage and I'm like, why do I want that to be me though? Like, <laughs> why do I want that for me? Um, so I honestly, un undetermined, but um, you know, maybe, maybe. Theater is like one of those things that like I'm afraid to fall in love with it because I know that like <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's going to like put like have me in its clutches, you know. Um, but I don't even know how to answer that question. Maybe, maybe. That's incredible, and I hope you never lose touch with your creative side because you truly have a talent, and it seems like you've accomplished so much throughout your four years here. Um, so, just one final question: We'd love to ask: Is there any last thing? you'd like to do before you graduate? I know you've already done so much on campus, but any final thing you'd like to get done before you leave? Wow, um, I've never thought about that. Uh, also interesting to hear someone verbalize that I'm leaving. Interesting. Um, <laughs> let me see. We've been asking, we've had a lot of seniors on, or a couple seniors on lately, and we always like to ask this question, and it always throws people for yeah, a little bit of a loop. I don't know why we ask it, because everyone <laughs> seems alarmed every time. Yeah, it's very scary, um, but really it's a good cool. question. Yeah. Um, you know, if I, okay, this is something that's a little bit implausible, <laughs> but like, if I could achieve it, honestly, Oh, this sounds so cringy, deathbed type stuff. Um, you know, people are on their deathbeds and they're like, I just wish I spent more time with my family, you know? Sorry, mm -hmm. full respect to those of you who are watching from your deathbed, full respect. <laughs> um, but like, it, it sounds very corny for me to say it, but like right now with like a month or less um, left of college, all I want to do is to just like meet one-on-one -on -one with almost like every single person I've ever like, mm met and spent time with or I consider to be a friend or an acquaintance here and like have coffee or like go for a walk or like I, I you know I mentioned before we started recording I just got back from some antique store and it was with like one of my best friends who is a junior and uh, actually well my assistant director for Shows of Skin James um like one of my best friends and I'm like you know if we can't make time to hang out together you know again this year I want to make sure that like, yeah. I want like that, you know, that I'm your friend. And even though I'm all over the place doing a bunch of things, like you said, <laughs> like, I still care about you. Um, 
And it's very daunting because there's so much work to do in college, as you all know. Um, but if I could do one more thing, it would be to clone myself, <laughs> <laughs> hang out with everyone, everyone, one more time, just tell them that I love them and that they mean a lot to me and do the little weepy cry thing and yeah, get some closure there. I think that would be lovely. Nice. I love that. It's awesome. I think it's plausible. You know, it's plausible. You don't. You have to start drinking like one coffee an hour <laughs> now with every person. <laughs> no, no, no. Not easy at all. Not easy. I do love coffee, but um, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll set up like a Google uh, form thing. People can like set up office hours with me. My homework <laughs> will just have to be. Um, it's honestly a dream. I just love to talk. And I love to talk with you guys. <laughs> so I appreciate you inviting me um, to yeah, do that. Of course. We were, yeah, so thrilled to have you on and cannot wait for Show Some Skin on Friday and Saturday. So yeah, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. Thank you. Yeah. And I can't wait either. I can't wait to see you shine. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys get your autographs while they're, um, you know, while they're cheap. You're too nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And if for any listeners who aren't able to attend the in-person performance they can still watch online right yeah we don't have um the link yet actually the final draft just got sent to me so i'm going to watch that right after this but um, it's going to be on the nd show some scan um youtube channel um and so if, if we, if, you know, since I can't share the link, just search up ND Show Some Skin on YouTube um, and you'll find it and you can, it'll live there, you know, for as long as the government lets us have the internet. So watch it <laughs> whenever you can. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yay. Well, sounds good. Thank you so much, Teresa. Of course. Thank you. Thank you guys, all of you for having me.